Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. I might be losing my voice, but I have created. Are you going to whisper it? I'm not, I'm not trying not to whisper it, but I'm already losing my voice. But I'm losing my voice. It made me think of a song that every millennial knows, but none of them can tell you the lyrics. None. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Okay. And you're a millennial. I'm a millennial. So, are you up to the challenge? Sure. I'll give you a hint. I'm losing my voice, and it's a song by Eminem. Okay, so lose yourself. That's like a given. So, I bet you, you won't get it. Are you ready? Um, maybe. All right. Let me bring it up. Here comes the beat. I'll bring it down so we can hear you. Oh, I have to wrap this? If you had... One shot. One shot. Does he know it? One opportunity. opportunity. To seize everything you ever wanted. wanted. Do it one Just one moment. Now do it. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous. But on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. I hate you. <laughs> and I didn't even cheat. I had this all part. If you don't under you don't know this at home, I downloaded the lyrics and was gonna read them to you all, but I didn't have to. So, no millennials know that song? Hmm. Fine. You passed the millennial test. Good for you. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Yay. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. You're going to make it through this? I think so. Here's the good thing about me losing my voice. I finally sound like a man. <laughs> my dad says, the godfather. I know. He tried to kiss my hand. Do you know that? He tried <laughs> to kiss my hand. I would recommend that you not scream, only because... You're not going to make it to the end of this. Although the cool thing is when I scream, are you ready for this watch? No. I, I can do an impersonation. Are you ready for some basketball? That didn't do it. I thought I could sound like Dick Vitale. All right. Anyway. So today's show, mm-hmm. what's it on? Sports. Even better. Actually, more in tune with finances, paying college athletes. But we have to start. So I had a client the other day and we were, so here's the situation. We put... 30,000 of their cash into um, 
checking accounts. Now, I'm going to call them enhanced checking accounts because you can find them at different credit unions. You and I, we use Lake Michigan Credit Union. Oh, yeah. You get 3%. But before they came to us... Most of them start with a max something. Yeah. And before they came to us, they they were getting... Well, I don't remember what they were getting, but we were talking about this situation. Zero, zero, two percent. <laughs> well, the situation... I, I was meeting with somebody the other day, and I had met with this person earlier in the day, and we were talking about little details. They had 20000 in savings and checking. And when I looked at their tax return, this is a big reason why advisors should be looking at your tax return. If they're not, they're missing something. Not just their voice. Guess okay. how much taxable interest they had from their savings. That, this couple, not the couple I was working with yet. This couple that was going through our system. I don't know. What's two plus two? Four. Yep. Four bucks. That's it? Four bucks on 20000 Which if that's in a, like a max checking, they would have gotten a lot more than that. Well, it's 3% on up to fifteen. Okay. Not to still. I mean, Lake Michigan should start paying us for we keep giving all their stuff out, right? But yeah, it's but that's four hundred and fifty bucks. Right. And so with this couple we were talking about that, I'm like, Well, remember this is what we did. We had this fifteen and this fifteen. We gotta account for you and your husband. So there's uh, thirty grand. That was nine hundred bucks. And mm-hmm. we put some into this C D, I think it was another thirty grand, and at two percent that was six hundred bucks. So here was this um, you know, sixty grand that used to keep in savings and checking. Mm-hmm. And they were a similar situation. They were maybe getting 100, 200, like, like 100 and something bucks. Right. I mean, there is a stickler with some of those. You have to use a debit card like 10 times a month and yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. You got to jump through some hoops. Right. I mean, they're not difficult hoops. No. Let's be serious. But you take the 900, they're getting another 2% on 30, right? That was another six. It was 1,500 bucks a, a year. year. I was going to say a month. I was going to be like, whoa, we are doing something wrong. But no. 25 bucks a month. That's think, a decent amount. And we're talking about this. And you know, here's why, here's how full circle, Mike, what's this have to do with sports? You know, she goes, well, I think you like this. I think you, you, you concentrate on these things because of your conservative nature and you don't want to let anything th- slip through the cracks. I thought about it. I sat there for a minute. I thought, do I really want to answer this because I'm going to lose my voice? No, it was more so, do I really want to answer this because they're probably going to hit me? And I, th- you know, <laughs> no. But I said... Actually, it's not my conservative nature. It's my athletic background because I was a Division One college baseball player. Mm-hmm. Played on our junior USA team, traveled all over Europe for a summer. And what we were taught, so I was a catcher. And one of the big things that you're judged on, by the way, as a catcher, two things. How well do you handle different pitches, right? How right. well can you help make a ball that's on the borderline of a ball and, and get the umpire to make it a strike? And number two, what was the time between the pitch hitting your mitt to it hitting the mid of the second baseman. So if somebody's trying to steal, how long does it take from pop your mitt to pop second baseman's mitt? And when you wanted to get that better, they didn't just make give you a stronger arm. You know, I was I was past the Mark McGuire days, I guess. We didn't just shoot up with steroids. All right. <laughs> Jose Canseco was already in the pros. But it was, all right, if we can get you a fraction of a second faster in your footwork, if we can get you, instead of coming up as tall as you are when you go to throw, if we can get you to sit maybe six inches lower, because it takes time to go that extra six inches higher. Right. If we can get your feet to move a couple seconds faster. If we can get your hands to transfer the ball from your mitt to your hand in the throwing position a split second faster. If we can get you to increase your arm speed a split second faster. If we can get you to get that ball down low on the first base side. Now I sound like Tom Izzo. Yeah. If I can get you to get it down that side. Now that second baseman doesn't have to sweep tag, the ball whop is right there. 
Notice what it was. It wasn't one thing. It wasn't just throw the ball faster. It was do this, 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 and this. Small incremental changes. Small incremental improvements in a lot of areas made dramatic differences. Because, by the way, the difference between a major league catcher and a good high school catcher, think about that. Right. Major league and good high school. From just looking at what we call pop time, pop, catcher's mitt, and pop, second baseman's mitt. Three tenths of a second. Which is not a lot That's of time. Pop. I can do it again. Pop. No, okay. No. That's it. Please stop. It's small incremental changes. And I said, that is what I brought from, God, you know, 15 years of athletic experience, maybe even closer to 20. I don't know. More like 15. I got hurt. A lot. A lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a lot, a lot. You're still paying for those. <laughs> so back to your finances and sports. Small incremental changes in finance make big differences. Notice, none of that really had to do with rate of return. I mean, I guess saying getting a better rate of return on on savings, but it's things you can control. It's not a variable rate of return. It's not something that takes expertise. It's focusing on little, on the little things. Mm -hmm. And then if you can translate that into a tax savings as well, you know, that's a lot of work right there before doing anything with your investments. But that's how financial planning should be. Right. So you and I, we I had a um, conference down in uh, Florida mm-hmm. um, that we went to. And on our way, we decided that we would stop in Orlando and go see the Michigan-Alabama game. Right. I want to file my grievance now that they declined our media pass uh, um, what would you, request because we were a finance show. I'm like, I, I don't think you listened to enough of our shows to call us a finance show. I listened to this all the way from Orlando to Miami. I'm just going to throw that out there. But let's get back on track. Yeah. Because we drove, by the way. But it was a nice drive. It was a lot of fun. And the game was a lot of fun, too. It was, actually, despite us losing. And so I'm reading a lot of articles about it later on, a couple of days later. And I'm surprised about something I want to share with you. The number of people who said that game was a blowout. It was not a blowout. It was 16 to 14 at half. Michigan's winning. Right. Leading. They hit a 52-yard field goal at the half. And I will tell you what. We were sitting in line with that field goal. It missed the bottom <laughs> the bottom of those goalposts by that much. Yeah, by that much. Yeah. It was like not even 12 inches. Like everybody on TV was like, oh, it cleared it pretty good. And I'm like, no, it did not. Yeah, it was close. No. <laughs> and we had Alabama fans behind us. So there's two types of Alabama fans that we found. And if you're an Alabama fan, um, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> but we actually did run into a very nice guy after the two game. Two groups. Younger groups who were the millennial group. They were even younger millennials who I thought were going to like their life I even once said my life is ruined if we yes, lose we got, Michigan we got up at halftime and this girl is just sitting there going I just 
Actually, no, it's her brother. Yeah, I don't know what we're I just, do. I just can't believe that we're down right now. If we lose this game, I just don't know what I'm going to do. It. And I wanted to look at him and be like, if your life is over because you lose this game, you've got bigger problems it's, than it's that, my Michigan. friend. Yeah, the kid couldn't even spell Michigan. Probably. Okay. <laughs> you almost agreed with me. I did. But then there's the other ones, like the gentleman that we saw when we were walking back and at stopped at a restaurant. Game. And he sat down and you immediately cringed. Because you I never know. I did not. And he turned around and he goes, you know what? I've got a lot of respect for you guys. It was a great game to watch. Had us worried. So, and I'm going to translate this back to finance, by the way. I promise. It's 16-14 at the half. Michigan's leading. Right? Mm-hmm. And Michigan doesn't score in the second half. Alabama scores tw- three times. One real, real late. Which is fine. I don't call it running up score. I don't. I'm serious. Um. Midway or, or early slash midway through the fourth, though. I thought we scored one touchdown. We didn't. No. Nope. Oh. The game, final score is 35 16. Okay. Yeah. Score at the end of the third, by the way, is 21 16. So they had scored one touchdown. It, and right away. But it's a one score game into the fourth. Halfway into the fourth. I thought it was halfway. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I started thinking. Why is it that people think it was a blowout? And it's because sometimes when you just tune into the end, what happens is that you only you don't see how a lot of those games, and this happens a lot in sports, like think of overtime in basketball. All of a sudden, a team, it's been tied after all those minutes. It's tied. They go to overtime. And then one team scores 10 points. Wham! Fast. And then it looks like it was an easy game. Yep. Or they scored at the end of the game. Wham! Fast. Or they spend the last 30 seconds shooting free throws. Yep. For 10 minutes. (laughs) And you pull away. And it makes it look completely different, doesn't it? Right. Same thing. Now, I don't want you to name this stock, okay? I won't. But the same thing happens. Um, so let's look at not this year. Uh, I'm zooming out. So I want to look at right here. See where this stock it goes from. Thirty, uh, a little less than twenty-eight, right? Yep. This was a stock that had a buy uh, a merger talk, okay? And it shoots from twenty-eight to thirty something. It pops down a little bit and then shoots all the way up to thirty-seven. Yep. Almost 37 and a half. Now, this was a stock when that happened that there was a lot of press on it. And a lot of and, and the, and the, a lot of that press wasn't talking about, oh, you missed the bubble. It talked about, look at how much it's gained. It's outperformed the S&P. It's outperformed its, in de- you know, its peers. But look at how much, I mean, look, it, it's, it's, it's bumping around. It's up to 27. It goes up. And this is over the course of... I'm having a hard time seeing the dates. But I I know from memory, this is... Oh, here we go. This is... Oh, that's 16 to 18. So, for a period of about a year and a half, it bounces around from about... What is that? 27? 27.50. To 30. Yeah. It's bouncing all around in between there for a year and a half. And then all of a sudden, over the course of three months, it goes, wham, 30 to 37. Yep. And that's when everyone wants to talk about it. But all those gains come at the end. Right. You take a year and a half's worth and then a three-month time frame, put them together, and if you average that out, mm-hmm. you're still right within that 
year and a half time frame right. amount. And so I, I find that happens so often. And so sometimes when you look at long-term rates of return or rate of return, especially people tend to see something jump and then they want to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just reminds me of that football game. And you go, oh, it's been doing so well. Or maybe it was a close call, close game, close game, close game. And then, whoom, it takes a run. Right. And for whatever the reason, sometimes it's just momentum. Sometimes people get, there's, you know, theories in finance. Um, we call them support levels. That if it goes through a support level, that all of a sudden it garners enough attention mm-hmm. that that makes it run too, not necessarily the fundamentals. Right. So... Momentum, I, I see such a similarity between sports there that that momentum can make something run away. But if all of a sudden you look in the back, if the rear view mirror, you might think something was a runaway game that was really pop, 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 and then boom. Right. Let's take another break, and when we come back, we'll finish up. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again, grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome back, everybody, to your third and final, our third and final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. Remember, you can join us on Twitter. I was just going to say that before we dig into it, we should probably do a shout out to Twitter at Fireproof Show. On Twitter. Dot com. <laughs> um, so, and a thank you to our lovely sponsors. And so when we were down in Florida, we got into a uh, debate. Yes. A big one. On whether. You got huffy. I wasn't huffy. <laughs> on whether. It just sounded that way because I got to shout for anyone to hear me. On whether or not you should pay college athletes. And we're going to play a couple things, but I'm going to start with this. Do you remember a couple years ago? Actually, I think it was I think it was last year. Probably. Might have been two years ago. Whatever. I think it was, yeah, I think it was two years ago. 2018 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Mm-hmm. There was the Cinderella team. They made it past the Sweet 16, I think. Yes. They made it, I think, to the Elite Eight. Loyola of Chicago. Yep. Remember these guys? Yes, I do. They messed up my ground. One time out, they don't take it. Oh, he got it! Oh, he got it! The I love that. And the Red Wings are moving on! Right here. There's nothing more fun about college basketball than that right there. The. And every and it's game over. Loyola Chicago right there. A buzzer beater three to take down Miami of Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, Loyola with 11 seed. Miami was a six seed. Big win. Yep. Let me ask you something. Was college basketball that year better because it had Loyola Chicago. Was the sport better with that team? I mean, probably not. Really? That story didn't 
make the. You mean as an overall like general feeling like oh my gosh yes. this is awesome yes I don't it mean was. as a it competition was a lot more level yes yes it was more fun to watch that because that right there is more fun to watch than Duke winning for the twentieth time in a row yeah or Clemson good job guys oh no you <laughs> lost sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right so I want to bring a video in from CNN I don't believe in paying college athletes and I can tell you personal opinion because I came from I, I played Division One baseball you are paid correct you are getting a free education let's say let's say that if you go to a smaller division one school mm-hmm. tuition's 30 grand okay and room and board another 30 grand yep right because I, I mean i know hope today tuition room and board your 50 or 60 okay tuition itself is almost 40 i know university of michigan you're 50 or 60. Mm-hmm. So let's just say 40. To be nice. Okay. So it, let's say it would be 40 grand a year. Now, if you or I wanted to go and pay for college, right? We want to go back. And it was 40 yes. grand. <laughs> can we, Can do we just have to make 40 grand? No. Why not? Uh, because you have other expenses that you have to pay for outside of that. And if we make 40 grand, does the government want something? Yes. Hmm. Always. They always want something. It's called taxes. So let's say that 40,000, okay? Let's say in order to make that 40 grand to, to send me to college, mm-hmm. we got to pay taxes. Yep. Uh, you know, we got to pay federal tax. State tax. State tax. And then uh, FICA. Mm-hmm. So... Add on, now let's just, I'm going to use self, we own businesses, so we pay both ends, and you can adjust the math if you want to, but there's another argument, I'm going to use the 12% federal tax bracket, there's another argument that a lot of people wouldn't pay FICA, but they'd bump into the 22% tax bracket. Right, so, so I'll use 12. splitting hairs here. Yep, splitting hairs. 12, I'm going to use four and a quarter for state, okay, so that brings us up to, nope, that was wrong, so. 16 and a quarter. I know. 16 and a quarter, add 15, Okay. Okay. So watch this. That 40000 what do you actually have to have? Who's that, right? Yes. Nope. Sorry, I just did that wrong. 40. Here's what we got to do. Uh, take the 1 minus 0.3125. That was the cumulative tax. Okay. 6875. 40 divided by 0.6875. I'm going to round up. It's 58. So basically $60,000. 60 grand. Now, on top of that, as a college athlete, I got all my meals paid. Mm-hmm. And, he, and if I needed food, you got food. Right. We got stipends when we stayed later because baseball went after the semester was over. Correct. We got um, oftentimes books paid for. Yep. We got tutors. Yep. If I needed to get in a class and it wasn't available, somehow it became available. Miraculously. I got all the clothes I needed. Now, not suits. Well, right. But all of the sweats and sweatshirts and workout gear you could ask for. Shoes. Not to mention however many shoes you went through in a season. Yep. Bats. Anything. There's another 10. Okay. So it's 70 grand. Now, if, if I go to college, most aren't going to go for four years anymore. Correct. I mean, especially we're not talking about the high-end athlete. Now, if you're talking the high-end athlete, you're not there that long anyway. And a high-end athlete in basketball, you got one good year. Right. And if you're in football, you probably got two at the most. Then you're right. gone. So seventy grand, five years, it's three hundred and fifty thousand dollars you're getting as an unproven, on nothing athlete. Are you kidding me? You need They're to calm down. Take it down a notch or ten. Three hundred and fifty thousand. 
Right. Exactly. They are getting paid. You are getting paid. And you know what I was taught? The name on the front of that jersey was more important than the name on the back. Right. That you, we used to teach athletes that you were being part of something bigger. Right. A cause, a group, a group of men, brothers that you could count on 20 years later if right. you needed help. It was like military-ish in a good way. And I'm going to cue you in on one thing too. It's not just for your season. My brother played basketball. They were clearly done by the end right. of the school year. They would still have to show up for summer camp. And guess what? If his shoes were not up to yep. par, guess what miraculously peer, appeared out of the locker room? And I'm not picking on him. A pair of shoes. What division was that? Two. I will tell you right now, every division you go up, the more stuff they give you. Correct. He came right. home with shirts and shirts and shirts of stuff and he was like, here, you guys want some shirts? But you're not paid. Right. Right. Well, let's go to this video real quick before we run out. D1 basketball for the University of Northern Colorado from 2012 to 2015. He's joining me now from Minneapolis where he's attending the Final Four. He's currently a student at the UCLA Law School where he's the managing editor of Law Review. And he wrote this piece for the New York Times. Paying students to play would ruin college sports. By the way, Cody, I'm far more impressed. I'm not taking away anything from your game, but I am, as a lawyer, far more impressed that you are the managing editor of Law Review. So well done. Thanks, did you Michael. hear anything Appreciate from Senator me. Murphy? Sure. And it, did Senator Murphy turn your head at all, or are you still of that mindset that paying athletes would be a mistake? Look, I respect what the senator is saying. I think he's coming from a good place. But as a former Division I student athlete who's been through it, who has studied uh, the issues surrounding this, this matter for the majority of the past decade, I, I respectfully disagree. How come? Make your case. So I think that what gets lost in this whole issue is that we're talking about men's basketball and football. And, and moreover, we're talking about men's basketball and football at a select number of universities. The Clemsons, the Yukons, the Alabamas, those are the universities that the senator is speaking of, but he even mentioned that Yukon can't afford the facilities that Clemson can. And if Yukon can't do it, then the smaller universities like myself, Northern Colorado or other small schools, um, they can't either. And so the problem that, that arises is that paying men's basketball student athletes and football student athletes is a cost to a, any institution institution. And where are they going to get this money from? What happens is they end up cutting other sports to make this money arise. Men's basketball and football student athletes, that they are participating in a sport that is a revenue generating sport, generally. Other sports, no other sport generates revenue. And, and what he's saying, those sports subsidize right. those other sports. And that's what I mean by you're part of something bigger. Right. We're, we're running out of time. But I want to, go ahead. I was going to say, he basically goes on to say that, I mean, okay, so fine. Basketball and football are the breadwinners. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But then when you go and you look at their girls' soccer team who won two championships in a row and their team is still going to get cut right. because of funding, because the coach looked at them and said, you need to go and say something. Well, because here's the thing. You know, you forget that take that, you know, take the Big Ten and you're traveling anywhere from New York to... Nebraska. Yeah. So the football team does it. Right. The soccer team does too. Right. The swimming team. The baseball team. They all play the same teams. Yeah. Because it's a division. So yeah, your football is bringing in a ridiculous amount of money to help fund everything else so that other student athletes have a chance. And so here's what you have to ask yourself. Do you want more parity in college sports or do you want it to be more superpowers? And if a kid is talented enough to go get paid, which I argue they're paid in college, 350 lousy, measly dollars, thousand. I was going to say, uh, 
Add a couple of zeros to that. $350,000. If they're that good, if you're that good in hockey, guess what? You can go to the minor leagues. Right. You can go get paid. Yeah. If you're that good in baseball, guess what? You can go get paid. If you're that good in basketball, guess what? You can go get paid. Oh, no, you got to wait one year. Oh, wait. Hmm. There's that year's Euro paid basketball. For. You can go to Euro. Yeah, that's true. They don't have discrimination against age. But I'm telling you, you start paying, you eliminate programs, and you'll lose things like this. Here they Five come. Up. One time out, they don't take it. That. One time out, they don't take it. Is gone. And so is the excitement. When you start paying these athletes, they'll lose this thing that made us together, that made us part of a brotherhood or sisterhood. They, you lose the fact that you're part of something bigger than yourself. Should college athletes, should these kids be taught to be part of something bigger than, than themselves? If it's yes, don't pay them. It's all the time we have. I'm out of voice. It's been another episode of Fireproof Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com.